becomes like a fleeting memory. Whatever you grab just turns to dust. Like eye contact with a stranger, stranger out of the is a dream that you to make real. Passing those other songs, glimmer, glimmer of the ship being seen. I've got the same voice for like everything I listen to. Yeah. (laughs) Same melody too. (laughs) Totally. Well, hey, cheers. Welcome back to the shores. Yes. To you, to me, to all of you listening. Uh Uh-huh. Thanks for being with us. Yeah. You know how, uh, do you ever listen to, uh, watch Scott Adams, uh, Coffee with Scott Adams or whatever? Uh-uh. He, uh. He does these videos that he puts up on Twitter, and at the beginning of the video, he has the uh, what he calls the simultaneous sip. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he he has everybody who watches and listens like take a sip of coffee with him. With maybe we ought to do that with whiskey. <laughs> yeah, the simultaneous sip. I like that. Mm. It's necessary. Well, here we are. We are here. What are we getting into tonight? I don't know. We kind of got a um, a wide variety of thoughts and ideas yeah talked about talking about emotions Mm -hmm. which i was like okay matt you can talk about that (laughs) (laughs) everyone knows michael doesn't have emotions (laughs) just don't don't let anybody know i do so don't tell anybody um yeah reason reasoning and emotions and how they don't tend to have anything to do with one another yeah um which i've been experiencing in my own life i have and am currently in the midst of processing a breakup and it's wild. It is a wild ride inside of my body right now. Do you feel any like specific spot in your body or is it just, uh, is it kind of all over? It's kind of all over. Yeah. Well, it, it changes. And this is kind of my observation, which is why I, it was in, maybe interesting enough to talk about it. It's that, you know, it's like, I'll know one thing in my head, but like, everything else in my body is behaving completely differently. Yeah. Feeling something <clears throat> counter to that or contrary to that. And it's like a kaleidoscope or a, a, what is that thing that you look through when you're a kid and you push a little thing and the image switches? Oh yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't know what it's called. It's like the emotions switch in and out just on, completely <clears throat> on their own, seemingly mm-hmm. unprompted. Whereas, the logic doesn't switch in and out. You know, the logic still adds up the same way. Um, although at times the emotions can overwhelm it and, and seek to invalidate it. But mm-hmm. um, it's just wild what the human psyche and, and mind body sort of connection is able to generate and withstand in response to something that well, is chaotic. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're flung out of the order and the structure and the, <clears throat> the place that you can rely on into what you don't know. It's like, you don't know what the, what's on the other side of that. And you have, it's like, I feel like I've experienced every human emotion possible <laughs> over the course of a week. Um, which is also counterintuitive. Like, yeah. you know, somebody experiencing a loss, you would expect them to feel sad, maybe even, um, a little mad, but every other emotion too, where do those come from? It's like a, it's like a flailing response. It seems like it also depend on your, like a more complex relationship. You would have a more breadth of emotions, you know, or if it was like, a somebody you didn't know, Sure. Like if you had been dating a person for a month or something, mm-hmm. it's going to be much different. Yeah. Well, cause you weren't, you aren't intertwined with that person. Mm-hmm. That person isn't like woven into the fabric of your life. Yeah. And you have something removed from your life like that. You don't really understand how big it is mm-hmm. until it's removed in some, in some surprising ways. I want to the part of like, as an example, um, like to, like encountering different memories, like a, you know, a smell or something like that. You're like, Oh, in that smell, you identify with something in that relationship or a moment where you're like, Oh, I wish I could 
oh, I wish I could call this person. Oh, I can't call this person or whatever it might be. Or shouldn't. (laughs) Or shouldn't. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. The triggers Mm -hmm. are, are pretty unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think it's interesting that you have the capacity to feel an emotion and observe yourself feeling that emotion Hmm. and process that as you're feeling it. Yeah. Like identify I'm feeling, I'm feeling this sense of loss. I'm feeling sad. Um, and you can observe that at the same time that you're feeling it and reason about it, Mm -hmm. you know, or be confused by it. Yeah. Like all of that requires the ability of your conscience conscious to sit apart from you somehow mm-hmm. is really fascinating. It's just, I mean, there's, it seems like there are a couple like, like when you're caught up in the emotion in an emotion and versus like being in a, in the emotion and observing yourself, you know, it seems mm-hmm. like there's, there's a lot of different elements to that. Like when all of a sudden an emotion comes, it just overwhelms your senses and you're in the emotion mm-hmm. and then how you can also, be observing yourself in the emotion is kind of, I don't often find myself overwhelmed in, in emotion to the extent that I'm not aware of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that would be something of a flow state. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I experience that sometimes, but n- I haven't experienced that at least <clears throat> in the emotional turmoil that I've kind of been in. Yeah. Which that's kind of more maybe associated with music. You can get lost in the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I've been trying to do that though. Actually, hmm. well, because my emotions are so contrary to my reasoning mm-hmm. in this case, yeah. that um, I think the reasoning of it threatens to stall the emotional expression that needs to be, that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. So I've been trying to not reason about it yeah, and just let myself feel what I'm feeling because there's something that obviously needs to be felt. And I don't know why, you know, um, I will learn about that as it goes and be able to reason about it and articulate it eventually. But that stuff always comes second. Mm-hmm. I think what's kind of like, um, cultural consciousness, new information moves into cultural consciousness first through art, then through philosophy. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, you can't articulate new things when they're new enough. Oh, good. Yeah. And the way that you, the way that you define them well enough to start articulating them is through art. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something similar with reason and emotion. Like you can't really reason about something until you have felt it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can in some sort of abstract theoretical way, which maybe that's why, you know, the end of a long relationship is so difficult because it requires that you, you reason about it in an abstract way. Like unless it ends, um, you know, sort of painfully, like through, mm-hmm. uh, infidelity or something like that, it, that makes it easy enough to be like, yep, that's we're we're done, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm going to have feelings about it. But, <clears throat> um, but I think if you are ending a relationship for, you know, that, that has not f- suffered some catastrophe in it, but you, but you decide to end it, you're ending it for a, a something of an abstract reason. Yeah. So what are you going to feel about that when all of a sudden now you're living your life and you have this big hole and nothing but some abstract theoretical to support you staying in that position. So you're all of these emotions that you're feeling come up and then it's like the, the the initial reasoning isn't nearly strong enough to, to fight those back. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. And you know, it's like, uh, for some reason, like, um, the idea of like, <laughs> what was that? I don't know. Someone at the door or something? Maybe. Yeah. 
This might be the first time we edit something. <laughs> uh, um, where were we? Uh, that's a really good question. <clears throat> uh, emotions. Emotions. Um, sort of your first. Your first. Um, look at what there is to be reasoned about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like when you were talking about it, it's like there was something that uh, had to do with um, yeah, I don't know if it's the, the overwhelmness of <coughs> well, it's, it's, I guess it's more of a question I have about emotions you know if you have you've gone through something you've experienced it there's a sort of like there's a sort of working out what happened you know and a lot of that you don't you don't know nor do you understand the impact of what you just went through you know right whether it be a breakup or you lost a business or you know could be a move i mean anything mm-hmm. that drastically changes the structure of your life. Exactly. Yeah. You don't understand the impact of it. Mm-hmm. You can't ahead of, ahead of time. Yeah. You, ha- you just have to find that out. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a, I, I, I had this picture a couple of weeks ago where it was sort of like, there's these things that are on the conscious level that I engage with and sort of understand, you know? Uh, but ever so often, you know, it's like you kind of dip below that area uh, in, in this sort of, you know, subconscious or unconscious or however you want to call it. And you sort of encounter something that you don't know and you don't understand. And you have to, it first comes through feeling or a sense Mm -hmm. of something. Yeah, totally. And so like, but in order to bring it into consciousness, you kind of have to almost entice it out, you know, to maybe like say to name it or to, to, to mm. engage with it a little bit more to where it starts to kind of take form. Yeah. See, I, I kind of feel like if you, as it's taking form, especially with emotions, if you try to reason about them and name them and say, mm-hmm. this is what's happening and this is why mm-hmm. that's the opposite of sort of enticing it out. Mm-hmm. You, you, you sort of scare it away. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, I had this, um, this, this sort of thought, like, you know, generally when we cry, our instinct is to fight it. Um, and even, you know, we, we wipe away the tears as quickly as possible and sort of blow our nose. And at some point, especially if it's a good cry, it's like a sob, you know, it's like (laughs) you kind of, you're breathing heavy and you're like, okay, okay. I think that's subsided, you know? Uh Um, and I thought, what, uh, so I'll admit I've been crying quite a bit (laughs) and, um, I thought, what is, what would it, what if I don't wipe the tears? Hmm. You know, what would that symbolize to like be in it and allow it to overtake even in a physical way? And I was thinking about sort of the marks that are left on your face hmm. from the tears, you know, they, they rolled down and sort of the trail of that tear dries into a salt trail that mm-hmm. you can feel the tension of it on your skin and, what is there to know about that tear? What is there to understand about where it comes from? And, mm-hmm. and the marks inside of you that were made that are, you know, maybe represented by that mark on your cheek of salt. Um, and interacting with that, or at least communing with it in a way that, you know, doesn't try to control it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, because I mean, most people immediately or even apologize for crying. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. But I, I kind of wonder also, like, how much of it is in our, you know, Western culture, too, that we are more prone to. Because I think of, um, especially like Middle East, Middle Eastern cultures that are when someone dies or something happens, there's like, like they actually, like, kind of almost, almost 
I don't want to, I don't want to like demean it, but like almost play a role, like the role of mourner Hmm. and you know, the wailing and Mm -hmm. the sort of like, like almost inviting the deep emotion of whatever it might be. Right. I could even imagine of like, maybe I don't feel it, but if I really try to get, get into it, you know? Hmm. Um, Yeah. That there's something important about that mm -hmm. such that it, that the, the culture would, have sort of provisions for that mm-hmm. or provide for that. Or even like biblical where they, you know, it's like they'd rip their, their, their tear their garment, tear their garment, you yeah. know, like the, the physical, um, uh, uh, representation of like anger or sadness or whatever it might be, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but we definitely have like a lot more of a reserved, you know, pure puritanical uh, culture. You know, yeah. Is it, where does where do you think that comes from? Is that does that have something to do with sort of um, Western exceptionalism and stoicism that, yeah, that comes from that? I can see like stoicism playing a part in it. Uh, well, there's also like you know Western uh, you know reason like over right. kind of dominates right our, our, uh, perspective, or even the, sometimes I've said probably a million times on this, you know, it's like, you know, Western culture generally focuses on what, you know, and Eastern culture generally focuses on the unknown. <clears throat> I mean, you see it in the Tao, which is a sort of this thing that's non, you know, an entity that you can't really, uh, name, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Nirvana, um, uh, you know, Western culture, it's like, we're all about dividing and dividing things up and naming them and mm-hmm. putting them in their nice little boxes. You know, it's like, right. Like both are good, but, um, we probably don't allow ourselves to kind of jump into that chaos or the unknown and I'll just, and to be, just be there in that moment, in that space, you know? Yeah. Uh, probably music all around is, um, is the most effective thing to get you into those spaces. You know, it's not built into our culture, but into the unknown, you mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does take you someplace. Mm-hmm. Cause it makes you feel something. Right. It's not just about the, the words they say, you know, when it tends to shed light on things too. I mean, I think there's, there is a certain amount of reasoning that is done through art. Sorry. <laughs> Just my head was going through. What ass p word? Oh, <laughs> sorry. Old Benjamin Shapiro. That was a um, funny little, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I could say that about that particular piece no, of art. I, but I, I, that's what the irony of that was. What was kind of kidding, yeah. kidding me? Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think that there is a, a kind of reasoning that happens through communion with art mm-hmm. it shows you a different aspect of things um in a way that's really really helpful especially like you know it's uh, again there's like the levels of art like you know some some art is meant to be disgusting you know mm-hmm. and some art is meant mm-hmm. to be uplifting and mm-hmm. take you to to levels you know right And it doesn't even have to be articulated art, like in, like mm-hmm. poetry or <clears throat> music with lyrics. I mean, mm-hmm. even um, instrumental music mm-hmm. can can help you reason through what you feel and what you ha- how you've experienced something. Mm-hmm. It has a organizing effect on on internal emotions. I think. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be so fascinating to. I mean, I don't listen to enough music, so it's like, <laughs> I'm like electronic music is probably my, yeah. <laughs> my main thing I listen to. Uh, yeah. Cause I you mean, can, what, 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 do, what do you listen to whenever you, when you're sad? Do you listen to music when you're sad? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess you don't listen to that one guy you sent me. I have listened to that a bunch of times. Yeah. What's his name? David Wilcox. David Wilcox. Live yeah. stories and songs. Um, very, very good. 
he's really interesting because he's kind of cheesy mm-hmm. in certain ways, mm-hmm. but very funny and very witty too, but it's just like a different brand. Um, I don't also, I also don't think he's a particularly good singer or guitar <laughs> player, uh-huh. but he, the way he weaves stories in, into insights in his music and, and, you know, the style of his music isn't even really something that I particularly gravitate toward, mm-hmm. but it's, he's able to reveal something in the way that he does it. Hmm. That is truly profound to me. And I really l- enjoy listening to it. Do you find it's a, a more of a calming part or do you feel like you kind of go like in, into more of an emotional feeling place when you listen to, or is it more like a head sort of explanation of where you're at? His music in particular, I think its effect is to illuminate and remind me of the potential that I have. It's encouraging in a way that will often make me cry Hmm. because it's so revelatory. Mm -hmm. And when I say the potential I have, I mean that, you know, we've talked, I think a lot about that on this podcast is like the idea of the future is it's full, it's absolute chaos, full of almost anything that you could imagine. Mm-hmm. And as you move into it, you start defining it and you turn, you, you extract from the potential of that chaos what ends up defining your reality. Mm-hmm. And I think it's easy to forget that, oh, right. It's not potential that I have by virtue of who I am. It's potential that I have by virtue of what the future it consists of. Mm-hmm. And to be reminded of that, that um, there is vast, vast potential. And I can interact with that and create my life in a way that is good. Mm-hmm. And his, his music reminds me of that. Um, what other, what other stuff do you listen to? Mm. Uh, I listened to all of John Mayer's Continuum the other day. Okay. I don't know who that is. <laughs> you don't know who John Mayer is? Probably if I ever heard of <laughs> You know the song Your Body is a Wonderland? Uh-uh. Oh, well, yeah. I probably do, but okay. you know, this is part of Michael's pop culture ignorance. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Continuum is John Mayer's best record, in my opinion, mm. and, and it and would definitely make um, a top list of records. I don't know if it'd be top five, maybe top 10, maybe top 20, somewhere in there, but, um, it's an excellent record. He wrote it right after breaking up with Jennifer Aniston. Oh, wow. So it's a, it's a breakup record. He's got a, um, an excellent song on there called slow dancing in a burning room. (laughs) What's that about? It's about basically realizing that the relationship is ending. Hmm. Um, and it's like the room is burning and we're slow dancing. It's like, this is going to end badly. We should Mm -hmm. leave. (laughs) Um, but we don't want to, Mm -hmm. you know, not wanting to let go to the point where you're being, um, maybe ignorant to what's actually happening. It's a good song. though. It's a great visual. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Slow dancing in a burning room. Right. You take a lot of walks too. I do. Um, yeah, when I don't know what to do with myself, I walk. Yeah. That's kind of new for me. I mean, I've always walked. I have a dog. I walk him mm-hmm. every day and well, most days at least. Uh, yeah, but I have found, especially over the course of the last year, maybe partly with the pandemic, is that walking has kind of kept me sane. Mm-hmm. So I you know, when I don't know what to do with myself, there's nowhere to go. Right. Yeah. So it's just, let's go for a three mile walk. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so what do you do on your walks? Do you, do you think about things? Do you listen to music or do you, I know you, I know you do some breathing stuff, but mm, mm-hmm. what, what usually, what usually takes up your headspace on a walk? Um, I mean, I'd say if I'm in a, if I'm in a natural healthy state, I usually use that time to listen to podcasts. Um, or I'll call someone and have a conversation Hmm. or, you know, sometimes it's evident that I need to process 
need to think about something. And I think walking has a really unique way of helping you think. Oh, totally. Um, which is so weird. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, you think differently when you're walking than you do if you're sitting down. Mm-hmm. It's like, it gives your body just enough to do to where it gets out of the way. Yeah, totally. You know, mm-hmm. and even like your attention, it's like you have to exert, like apply just enough attention on where you're walking, mm-hmm. where you're stepping and avoiding cars or whatever, that it gets your attention out of the way. You don't become distracted quite so easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll walk and, and think. And in those times too, especially I try to do a breathing exercise, like, I mean, very rudimentary, but, um, like what, what's your, what's one you like? I'll switch off between, uh, basically regulating my breathing always through the nose, Mm -hmm. um, counting five seconds in five seconds out. Mm -hmm. So, and then I'll switch to like five seconds in six seconds out with a two second hold at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, do that for a while. And then one that I really like that I, I got from the breath book from James Nestor is, um, breathe easily for about a minute and then exhale almost all the way and then hold your breath and count your steps um, mm. and do it until the air hunger gets severe enough where you, you feel like you have to breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, and his, his, his point with that is that when you feel that air hunger, that's actually not hunger for oxygen. That's a carbon dioxide alarm going mm. off in your body. Um, the thing is, carbon dioxide actually has like really positive effects for you too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can obviously overwhelm you and kill you in certain <laughs> circumstances, yeah. but uh, you also need the you need carbon dioxide to exchange um, exchange what needs to come out of your body through breath, and then have those have that blood to be ready to refill with oxygen to mm-hmm. the maximum potential to to feed your cells. So when you hold your breath like that. And then you breathe in again, it basically floods all the deepest tissue in your body hmm. with oxygen. Yeah. Um, and you could feel it. It's like when you do this when you're walking. And he says uh, he learned this technique from a friend who said he could do 130 steps. Shit. I can do 30. <laughs> like on a good day. Uh-huh. And I, it is miserable. Like at the end of those 30 seconds, you're like, your body is fighting you. And it's like. <laughs> <laughs> but then as soon as you breathe. It's like you feel every corner of your body, like mm-hmm. blood rushing to it. And it's like this, you feel warm and you mm-hmm. feel really good. It's an amazing way to bring awareness to your body too. I was just thinking of someone sitting on their porch and seeing you walk by. <laughs> <laughs> he says in the book, you should do it like in a field. Cause I think there is some potential you could pass, pass out. out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I just do it on the concrete. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm a risk taker. <laughs> I'm a rebel. A bad boy. <laughs> so podcasts, breathing, music. I mean, what other things kind of get you into emotional headspace, <clears throat> or when you're in an emotional space like that, you do that hmm. facilitates or even stops it. You know, it's like if you're like, mm. I need this to stop or, or no, I want to sit in this, but I won't, I don't. Yeah. 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 I think, I'm, I think music can be a good way to sit in it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like walking for thinking, mm-hmm. you know, it's like it, it, it gives just enough. What's the word? Like it tasks you with just enough to keep you focused mm-hmm. on something. Um, I think when you're emotional, whether that be, you know, angry, sad, happy, there's a, a, um, like a clarifying effect to music. So you can listen to music of any kind, really. Mm-hmm. And, you know, depending on the emotion and the genre of music, different genres for different emotions, I would imagine <laughs> like, you know, um, it can help distill that I think yeah. in, in, and pull it out. Stopping emotion. I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that. Sometimes you can't. No. Yeah. You know, that can be really unhealthy. I think Mm -hmm. to try to, to try to stop emotion. Cause I think
so I used to see this uh, therapist who was very uh, a, a student of Carl Jung, not an actual student, but like very into the into that. And he talked a lot about like emotions tend to be content that needs to move from your subconscious. Mm. Um, and that content needs to move. If it wants to move and the word content's kind of strange. It's like, what do you mean by that? Well, you don't know what you mean by that. That's the point. There's something that needs to move though. Yeah. And, and be integrated mm-hmm. into your conscious consciousness. Um, and if you don't allow that, so you shut the emotion down, you do that long enough, that's finally going to break out and it's probably going to break out in a pretty violent way. Mm-hmm no matter what kind of emotion it is. Yeah. Um, I find it really interesting. Uh, did you ever see a movie called anger management? With yes. Adam Sandler <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> and Jack Nicholson uh-huh. and Marissa Tomei, I think mm-hmm. great movie. Yeah. That was um, good. I thought it was so interesting that it was Adam Sandler who had the anger problem mm-hmm. and his problem was that he never was angry. He never was angry. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. And so when he finally coaxed it out of him, it came out violently uh-huh, and, totally. and, and it needed to, cause mm-hmm. it's dangerous for that to stay inside and, and to be unexpressed. Yeah. I probably fit in more of the Adam Sandler's character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cause like, I don't, you know, it's like, you know, you do, I do feel emotions. <laughs> I do feel emotions. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't very convincing. <laughs> I do feel emotions. I am very emotional right now, <laughs> <clears throat> but I've, I've, for some reason, like it, it all plays out. Like I, it's like in my head, you know? And it's like, I feel like I go through all the different stuff, but it's definitely more of like, it'd almost be like if you had characters, you know, and each part of you is a different character and that you're able to experience. But it's like, again, it's more secondary in that sense. It's like, you're experiencing it through the character. So it's like, it's like I can, it's like I can kind of go in and out of the character and, and it's like, then I feel viscerally what that character mm-hmm. feels, mm-hmm. you know? It's, I think that's true. Hmm. Like you do have sort of different, you are comprised of different characters of different mm-hmm. personalities in a, in a way. Yeah. And they all sort of fight for dominance over who you are and that, and, well, it's not really over who you are. It's like the, the interaction of those characters is who you are mm-hmm. and your consciousness plays, gets to play a sort of an orchestrating role in that. <laughs> See, I'm afraid to, to talk about this cause I could just hear some sort of psychologist go like, that is really unhealthy. <laughs> 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 but it's like, it's like most psychologists out there. Feel free to weigh in. <laughs> yeah, weigh in. <laughs> well, it's like, I, I feel like things are so complex. That it's like to ever, put it to one thing, you know, it's like, even like an idea is whenever you, when you start talking about something, you, you express it one way, but then you start to see another layer and then mm-hmm. another layer. And then at some point you're just like, Oh my gosh, wow. This, there's so many layers to this. It's not a, just a matter of like orange man, bad, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, what is that? Well, there's a media narrative to that. There's a Donald Trump kind of instigate some of that, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, there's all these layers with, within that. It's like, so, when I think of something, you know, um, or I'm, I'm faced with something, you know, it's like, uh, <laughs> like, uh, something we were talking about earlier, you know, it's like, like there's a frustration part, you know? And so it's like, okay, I see that there's that level of that, you know, it's like, and then there's the, why am I such a dumbass? And I do this all mm. the time. And then there's, yeah. the, so you feel that sort of like, ah, oh, fuck. You know, and then, shame, uh-huh. and then like how other people are feeling towards you, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, I see that too. And like that sucks. It's yeah. like confusion, yeah, bewilderment, bewilderment. Yeah. So it's like, you know, so you're kind of left with this like this layered experience that you're just like, what do you do with that? Yeah. And for me, it like it informs me, like it, it helps me, it informs me, like. uh to be able to kind of like go into those different characters, you know, mm-hmm. and like, and to, to feel, and it's like, I don't know if I'm actually feeling or if I'm just like, because it's not really an, it's not really a knowledge thing. It's not like they are feeling frustrated, you know, it's more of like, Oh, I see that, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, maybe that's empathy. Maybe I'm talking about empathy. Well, I, I think you're know. talking about the ability to, <clears throat> 
enter someone's headspace, mm-hmm. which is exactly what you do when you read a book or watch a movie. Mm-hmm. At least if it's a good book or movie, mm-hmm. you, you are able to experience what it's like to be the characters you're watching. Yeah. <clears throat> I wouldn't exactly call that interacting with your emotions though. But I'm emotional. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, do you ever, do you ever, you know, if you, at least for sake of the analogy that we're using, like experience a character take you over in a way that's undesirable? No. An internal character. Yeah. No, I mean, there's, there's always the visceral sort of, you know, I feel this, but it's, it's not like I am feeling it. It's sort of like it's happening to me, you know? So that's a, that's a different experience. You know, it's like, uh, um, trying to think of, uh, I'm trying to think of an example. <laughs> well, I, I mean the one, the one example, it's like, uh, I remember, uh, I don't know if I want to share that one though. <laughs> uh, you know, some things are like very, like they're, they're mm-hmm. yours and it's like to share it out loud. It's like, it kind of almost diminishes it because it was a really great, uh, no, <laughs> so now I want to talk about tempted. it. I know I am. Yeah. <clears throat> and I want to talk about it abstractly, but it's like, uh, sorry, I got to keep this one. So it's, it's really is a special moment for me. But, um, but okay. basically the idea is that there's this, there's a sort of like when you feel loved and it just overwhelms you mm. and there is no I it's like, it's, it's like a communication that is deeper than what words can be put to it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it really does exist in the emotion that you experience, you know, than it is, um, than it is in the explanation, you know? So I could talk about it, but it would be <clears throat> that almost, that almost diminishes the experience of it, you know? I think I can understand that. Um, Well, there's something about symbology mm-hmm. where a symbol is a symbol because it can't be articulated. Mm-hmm. That's why the symbol exists. Mm-hmm. Um, and some, with some symbols, attempting to articulate them seems to diminish them. Yeah. Because they are so beyond articulation that it seems like it is blasphemous somehow mm-hmm. to that thing. Yeah, it's almost like not mentioning God's name, calling him Yahweh, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, that's not his name. It's like, it's, I am who I am is the closest you're going to get to it, you know? It's yeah. like, so it almost, it'd be blasphemous to, I mean, even like in Islam, to draw a picture. <laughs> Our table's falling apart. But, uh, if anyone so, out there like makes furniture, we could use a, po- a new podcast table. <laughs> or just a whole studio. A whole studio. <laughs> uh, <laughs> could use a shores of ignorance benefactor. There you go. <laughs> Only if you're feeling emotional right now. <laughs> um, well, I was thinking like, like, you know, in Islam, like you don't draw, you know, pictures of God, you know, mm-hmm. or you don't. And that's like, that's kind of like a demeaning um, aspect of to kind of cut, put God into sort of a box or something like that. Yeah. Do you ever experience anxiety? I don't know if you could, if that would be classifiable as an emotion. Yeah. I don't know. It does seem like an emotion. Mm-hmm. I don't. That seems really weird to say. Hmm. Uh, let's just say I, I can't identify something right now. Well, I guess relationships make me anxious. <laughs> like in general with, with anybody? Um, no, it's not really anxious. It's like, no, the, 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 it's more of, I, I don't know what this, what this emotion is. It's like, I hate being misunderstood. Hmm. You know, it's like if someone thinks I, you know, ran through to their car on purpose or something like that. I was like, no, it was an accident. It's like, mm-hmm. no, you did that on purpose. I'm like, I, <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I just feel so bewildered by yeah. that. That's just, it's just, 
to be misunderstood is really like, or even like our podcast, like you and I cover such a breadth of topics that maybe we didn't cover something to the depth that we're actually thinking, but we might've said something that somebody was like, Oh, they believe this or think this about this. It's like, well, actually, no, there's other elements to that. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. so don't, I, I just being misunderstood is like a, it's more of a frustration, I guess. Sorry. Back to your question. Anxious. I don't know. I think I was just trying to think of like things like anxiety. I didn't really know this until maybe the last five years of my life, but Mm -hmm. anxiety is, I think when people talk about anxiety as a disorder, maybe Hmm. it's something that comes on seemingly out of nowhere without reason. Mm -hmm. And it takes you over. Yeah. And there's very little you can do about it. Mm -hmm. You don't see it coming it hits and it's so bewildering yeah. and you can't really like, it takes a lot of practice to learn how to, to deal with it. Um, but I think I was just trying to connect that with emotions in that emotions tend to have that sort of takeover effect. Mm-hmm. I think in, in that you're sort of sitting there feeling whatever it is that you think that you're feeling mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, which maybe you could say is nothing at the moment, but then all of a sudden you're sad or all of a sudden you're joyful or ashamed. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's another weird one. Shame's another weird one that seems to come on out of nowhere. It's like, you know, you can be going about your own day, minding your own business, taking a shower, and all of a sudden, like, you remember that one interaction from mm-hmm. third grade, <laughs> you know, that's like, uh-huh. and you're like just deeply ashamed of yourself, mm-hmm. you know, because you said the wrong thing at, 12 or, or eight or whatever. <clears throat> it's, it's a uh, shame's one that tends to jump you like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have more visceral reactions. Like I'll be, I'll be walking and then I'll, something will pop in my head. But, <laughs> it's really funny. And then I look around like, did anybody see me do that? <laughs> like you, you want it, you want it gone? No, it's just like, it just like the, like shame or something like that. Like, or, or like, you know, I would be walking along and then I just remember a conversation I had with somebody and how they might have perceived it. I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, Oh mm-hmm. no. Like I didn't mean it like that. I wonder if they thought like that, but it like, yeah. it hit me back. I'm like, Oh, you know, you have this like visceral, like sort of facial and like almost body. That is interesting. You, you tend to want things to be understood at a sufficient level before entering them. Mm-hmm. Oh, it depends. Or before or putting them on the table. Yeah. So if I'm, if I'm by myself, uh, like I, I'll, I'll go places and explore. Right. But you won't necessarily invite other people into that Mm -hmm. unless there's a sufficient level of understanding to where you feel like you can operate. Yeah. Cause I wouldn't know how to do that in general. Yeah. (laughs) Like like the opposite of that. What is that? What is that? (laughs) What does that look like? Mm -hmm. Well, it could be figuring something out, out loud. I mean, I think I was talking to Allison, um, I don't know, at some point last week, you and Allison and Allison asked me something like, how does that make you feel? Mm -hmm. And my first response was like, I have no idea. Mm -hmm. And so I could just be like, I don't know but here's what I think about it. Mm-hmm. Or I could say, I could sit and feel it and discover what I, what I feel, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that, and that happens, um, very imperfectly at first. There's something to be said for like, how does that make you feel? Okay. Sit and feel it and think in like what word arises, mm-hmm. you know, and put the filter down, the filter that catches the word and examines it and says, what do you think about this? Now say something intelligent mm-hmm. or maybe change the word to something else <clears throat> that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. But if you just let that word out and then do that process externally with someone else, mm-hmm. because they'll see the word too, or hear the word and, and then try to figure out what they think about it. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like, it's like allowing somebody to do co-discovery with you. Okay. Well, in that sense, I, I, I definitely like 
do that. I think I do it with you and Allison. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like mm-hmm. uh, not not a lot of people because I feel like most people don't really have the patience for yeah <laughs> that kind of stuff. Uh, but what I'm thinking, what I was thinking, you're talking about is more of like. Like, uh, you know, t- just to be angry, you know, like, uh, you know, especially at work, like if I was just angry, it'd be like, oh my gosh, you know, it's yeah. like the world's coming apart. And then, you know, it's like where I can't like, so where some people like maybe someone who's not in, you know, a position of authority or whatever is like, they can be angry and the person of authority is supposed to be like, okay, are you good? Like, yeah. do you, well, there's certainly inappropriate times and places for certain emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think the solution is, well, you, you should just not feel the emotion. I mean, mm-hmm. there are certain times when you should, and stoicism has its value. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think wisdom would say, well, okay, you know, maybe it's not appropriate to be uh, sobbing during mm-hmm. this work meeting. So <laughs> keep it together mm-hmm. and allow yourself to do that after, mm-hmm. you know. Or it's not appropriate to express your anger with your staff yeah. in this moment. Mm-hmm. You can show them that you were angry or are angry in a way that isn't, that is appropriate. Mm-hmm. Maybe that means. But <clears throat> isn't that funny though? It's like, again, I, I think there's, you know, some people display that unhealthily in a lot of different areas, but even then that's sort of like, there's this measuredness to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is not the proper place. Okay. This is the proper place. So, so like when I think of like processing, like, uh, I don't know how you said it, like processing emotion. Is that how you said it? Cause to me, that's just more of like, you're more, you're still in control and directing mm-hmm. and someone asks you, how does that make you feel? You're, you're examining and then bringing forth something, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but it's, it's that part where, you know, that, that rawness of no explanation out of the ordinary, maybe not appropriate. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously there's, 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 there's sometimes people that do this all the time and it's inappropriate. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, it's like you, you do need some sort of control of yourself, but, um, but it's more about the inappropriateness or the, not the right timing or not being able to explain yourself. Like, like I could just run out of here right now. It's like, fuck you, Matt. Fuck you. And you'd be like, what the hell was that? You know, it's I like, I didn't know you were feeling that. Yeah, way. exactly. Exactly. And, and, and then I could come back like an hour later, 30 minutes be like, man, I don't know what that was. It was, it wasn't even you. I was mad. at. I was just, mm. you know, it's like I was directing it to you yeah. or at you, or maybe, no, I did feel that way because you stepped on my toe and I just hated that you stepped on my toe. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, but, but the, to express that raw emotion, even though you might get it wrong, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and to work through that. It's like, I mean, it's probably also with all of our PC culture right now too. Well, I think it's, it's worth hard. commenting on that, that I think if somebody's angry with you, there's a certain amount of, um, of honor in that hmm. because I think if somebody can tell you that they're angry with you and there's obviously exceptions to this, but if somebody can tell you that they're angry with you or that they're disappointed in you, mm-hmm. that means that they trust you enough to receive that, yeah. to allow them to express that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then maybe to say, you know what, it, it wasn't even about you. Mm-hmm. It's like, but expressing it helped me figure out what it was about. I think it was actually about this, mm-hmm. but for, and it can be hard to be on the receiving end of that. Like for someone to be angry at you, that can be really hard. But I just want to point out that often that is a sign of trust. And I think it's a great testament to, well, to something that somebody could feel safe enough to do that to you with you. Yeah, I definitely feel like I'm more on the receiving end of that. And then mm-hmm. someone's like, oh, it wasn't actually about you. Or maybe even like five years later, it's like. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, like, that's because I, I think that you are generally a safe person, mm-hmm. you know, like an unsafe person. You're not going to feel free to be angry at them. Yeah. But I think it's, it becomes really intimidating whenever I do get frustrated because I'm very rarely frustrated. Mm-hmm. And so people are kind of like. <gasps> 
you know, like, this must be really bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they yeah. freak out. I'm like, Ugh. or like when I, I get heated in an argument, you know, it's like, I can see some, like I see people's eyes kind of go, I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta like bring it down a little bit, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's like, so I, I, I have this, like, you can't. It's interesting. Yeah. I've seen you frustrated, uh, not often, mm-hmm. but enough times to know that it is a force. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, it's like, yeah, <laughs> you're like, okay. <laughs> this is... <laughs> It's a force. a force. Yeah. Is it the dark force? Or is it the I don't know. good force? <laughs> well, I think that's a hard thing. Is like, cause like, like I do not, I do not demonstrate emotion outwardly, but I feel very deeply. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the, I think there's a part that's like, not like, I think that would probably good. Like I probably should have been like a, maybe you can, teach me how to sing or something like that. <laughs> uh, you know, so it's like, I, it's like, I kind of have found a, a, a safe place to, to explore and examine those places. You know, it's like, and I know it's probably also healthy to demonstrate those out loud, you know, but like, I don't know. It just seems so, I mean, our emotions are amazing. Like they're just so intense and they tell mm-hmm. us things that we can never know or understand. Yeah. It's amazing how intense they can be. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can feel deadly, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like I'm going to die. It's like, well, you're not really going to die, but you feel, you feel like that way. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I think even positive emotions can have that sort mm-hmm. of, you can, it's like, there is such a concept of like dying of joy too, hmm. you know, it's like, I don't know a great example, but we, I think you know what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, emotions can be absolutely overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. Just thinking about, um, you know, anybody represented in the Bible who comes into contact with God or even just an angel. Mm-hmm. It's like they usually go blind from it. You would imagine that to be a positive thing, like contact with, with ultimate good. Mm-hmm. And there's always a negative effect. Cause like almost like in that, in those instances, it's like ultimate good is also fearful yeah. and destructive. Cause it's, it's so like, they're like, like having like, was it, justice and grace or justice and mercy existing at the same time. It's like, what the fuck do you do with that? Hmm. You know, something that's both just and merciful. Like hmm. that's a paradox. Yeah. And you encounter paradoxes. It's yeah, like, because mercy is not justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the, it's the, um, the withholding of, of just punishment. You know? Right. And it's like to be able to encounter that paradox seems you know, mind boggling, mm-hmm. you know, we try to do that here in our earthly, uh, court systems, you know, it's like, okay, justice is this, you know, okay. However, in this instance, we're going to show mercy maybe to this degree or to that degree. Yeah. And it's, it's such a, we're trying to weigh what is best and that's in that way. But, it, but again, it's just such a, um, we're emulating or modeling that sort of, ultimate or higher ideal of justice and mercy. Hmm. Well, I don't know how, what that's to do with emotions, but oh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. Feeling overwhelmed by something that is greater yeah. than what you've ever experienced is. Yeah. I mean, also the death, I mean, it's like, you know, you know, I just think probably the worst thing that could ever happen to me is probably losing Allison, you know, and then next my kids mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you, <laughs> oh, thank you. I made a list. <laughs> made a list. Everybody, everything else, whatever, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, I just couldn't, I couldn't imagine like that, but at the same time, it's like, but I see like what I, what I have had, you know, it's like, there's that part too, that the joy of what I had, you know, it's like the loss would be great, but it's also that whole idea of it's better to, to have loved and lost than to not have loved at all. Hmm. And I, I 
I deeply resonate and believe that to my core. You know, it's like, it just makes so much sense to me. Sure. To have had that time or the, that space. And not that it makes it hurt any less, but it's like, um, well, it's like, I feel like it's the same thing as saying it's better to know than to not know. And there's plenty of damage to be done by knowing, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. It's kind of like the, um, yeah. Cause you bear with the responsibility. Like mm-hmm. once you know something, now you're responsible, you know, to it, to yeah. it. Yeah. And that's the whole adage of like, it's interesting. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to attribute it to me, but it probably wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt, I'll just attribute it to myself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I would say like, I, I thought about this, but it might've been, I read this. So just as my, uh, so if you, if you see this written down somewhere, it wasn't me. <laughs> uh, but just the whole idea of like, you know, Oh no, sorry. It was, it was CS Lewis, man. I could have just grabbed his nice. thing. He wrote that as like the idea of like, no one will, no one will be in heaven that doesn't want to be, hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that idea of like that, that type of knowing, you know, it's like that. I don't want this, hmm. you know, or I do want this. I think that's like so powerful of, a of, a of, a of a knowing that, you might not even, it might not even be up at the top of your, you know, um, articulation, you know, it's like, um, I don't know that, that kind of gets off the subject of, of emotions. It's more about <laughs> knowing, <laughs> but I don't know. Well, it, it doesn't, it's like, again, I think there's, I, emotions are a type of knowing, Hmm. And true. Or, and getting to know something, you know, it's like hmm. how some how much how much how valuable something was to you, uh, or the absence of something that was valuable, you know. That's really fascinating. Um, so, Miguel Christ says in that book, which one master and his emissary that mm-hmm. all language is metaphorical. Mm. Like every word can be essentially like synonymized to down to a word that you understand because you can represent it in, in, in your senses. Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> um, you know, and more complex language becomes layer after layer of metaphor for things that we understand through mm. our physical senses. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe there's something analogous to that with emotions in that, like, what would it be to love without the feeling of love? Mm-hmm. Because love is both action, reason, but also feeling deep. Mm-hmm. Or fear without the feeling of fear. I mean, I'm not sure that, you know, it doesn't really exist in Mm. an abstract. It's like what our body experiences is the primary layer of, of knowing. Yeah. I mean, I, I I was trying to break just now the the idea of all language is metaphor, but it it really is. It's like, it's, it's symbols. They rep, it represents something, a semantic of some sort, a means something, you know, mm-hmm. the symbol we use to like point. It's like, instead of like a, a child just pointing, uh, 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 right, right. they're like that book, you know, they're able to then signify what that is, right. but still, you know, it represents something, you know, mm-hmm. that's not the symbol book, you know, it's not abstract. Mm-hmm. It is right there as a core Mm -hmm. observable. But you have to use certain things to identify those, you know, like, Oh, is this, is this a tear of joy? Is this a tear of sadness? Is this a tear of frustration? You know, it's like, it's like, 
even our bodies react. It's like, Oh my gosh, like why am I have this, this energy? Is it, is it nervous mm -hmm. energy? Is mm -hmm. it, is it happy energy? You know, it's like, it's, it's something that is, we have to kind of like, I think the more that we're able to identify, it's like the more we grow and mature and grow in wisdom too. You know, it's like, it's like, Oh wow. It's like, I'm feeling this and to be able to allow yourself to be in mm. that space and learn from it and learn from yeah. it and to not judge yourself based, you know, cause I, I feel like there's a, there's that part too. I, okay. I could be totally wrong in this area, but oh, I'm gonna say it anyways. <laughs> but I think too, is like, well, I find, I find that, How do I say this? Um, I'm just I'm gonna go at it this way. Is I find sometimes I see misidentifying how we feel about something. Hmm. So it's like it's, it's it's sort of the same idea of like I've whenever I felt this way, I've always I've always or at the time I did feel this way, I've always identified it with this. Therefore, every time I feel that way, it is this, hmm. where it actually could be more complex than that in right. that, well, yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the closest thing that you have experienced and named that identifies with this, but it's actually different. Mm -hmm. So I think of it the same way, like, like when I'm exploring something and I'm asking questions it's like sometimes I have to ask the wrong question in order to get to the right question, but because mm -hmm. I don't, I've never gotten that far to that place, you know. Um, so I think I, I I tend to believe that's also the same way with emotions. Is that it's like the difference between I'm angry versus I'm frustrated versus I'm mm. this is just not right. Like, sure, like a, convicted, a convicted or injustice or mm -hmm. yeah, it's like, and to be able to articulate and to be able to, who is that Stanford professor? Um, we were sharing some videos of his who talks about categorization and how you can fall victim to categorization, you know, essentially like, so he uses the example of, um, the color spectrum of light. Okay. So you can look at the color spectrum of light and we generally assign, you know, eight categories oh. to these colors, mm -hmm. but within each category, there's a gradient of difference mm -hmm. and the, the, the number, but once you assign the categories and that's your operating model, you start stuff that gets close to the edge. Like, mm -hmm. is this, uh, is, green or blue? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. It's this green or blue. Well, you know, once you get close to the edge of the defining line, mm -hmm. we tend to just like push everything into these categories. Um, so it can be a really good exercise to say, I'm not going to categorize. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to rediscover in some way. And I think that maybe is what like sitting with your emotions is mm -hmm. like not saying, yeah, I'm sad. Well, Okay. Yeah, you may be sad, but you might also be other things. And maybe by naming it, you deny yourself the opportunity to understand what those other things are. Mm. Like you could be sad, but also relieved. Mm -hmm. You could be sad and also angry. Mm -hmm. You could be sad and also joyful, as contradictory as that sounds. Um, What's in that cake mixture? <laughs> yeah. So, Robert, what was his name? Robert something. I'll have to look it up. Um, yeah. Well, but it makes sense though. It's like, you know, cause it'd be easy to feel something and just be like, Oh, that's anger. I don't want, I don't do anger, you know? Right. Right. Well, actually there actually might be more there than just, but that's the closest thing that you can understand. Mm -hmm. And that's, you just, you just put that label on it where if you allow yourself to like, go into that a little bit further, 
you might actually find something a little bit more complex and nuanced that is well, actually beautiful. You and know? learn something about yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, it could be beautiful or it could be horrifying. I mean, you might learn something about yourself that you're like, whoa, I need to be real careful with that mm-hmm. one, you know? Yeah, that's all I tell you. Um, when I see that one come around again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. It kind of makes me want to like just... Uh, Have some emotions? <laughs> <laughs> to explore a little. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I think it might be all that I can do on emotions Yeah, for the night. Um, this has been a little uh, raw and exposing. <laughs> I, hadn't, I hadn't planned on um, talking about that. Yeah. I'm glad you did. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I don't know. I feel, I feel uh, worried. Well, it's, it's, this is kind of a more out of the ordinary podcast for us because we didn't really we didn't really know what to talk about tonight mm-hmm. we're like let's talk about emotions I'm like what well yeah because <laughs> i was talking to you about that it's like uh, oh we could probably podcast about that uh-huh. you know um but i am <clears throat> what is it i am more and more interested in in general in being more on sort of the edge of my understanding with things Hmm. and, and not subjecting everything to so much filtration Hmm. and, uh, verification before I allow it out. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess cheers to that. Cheers. Cheers to y'all. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Um, man feeling just, uh, Thankful for you on this podcast. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> we do it. I know, we do it. <laughs> awesome. We'll see you guys. Okay, bye. Thank you. Bye.